Good morning, and thank you for joining our online community here at Journey the Church. Um, why don't you go ahead and make a comment in the, in the comment section to let us know that you're with us. Um, write something like, God is good, or Jesus is the way. Let us know you're, you're listening and you want to interact with us online. You know, we've spent the summer exploring different questions Jesus asked his disciples and others with the intention of motivating God's people to explore the text, answer the questions, and interact with God as you read his word. I think if we read the Bible with the intention of getting to know the author in his heart, um, the way that you might um, read a biography or a love letter and find out what someone is like and what they value and what's on our heart, this is going to cause us to grow deeper in our relationship with God. As I've gotten to know God and his word, and as I focus on his perspective on things, it has provided a, a source of comfort and stability for me, especially when things have been challenging or uncertain in my life. I've also found it refreshing to go to God's word um, knowing that it is the source of truth and that he is faithful, reliable, and dependable. God's word and his character are the foundation of my life. And so when things are unstable and chaotic around me, I know I can run to him as my refuge and my strong tower. I hope that this message that I've entitled Knowing the Father will encourage you to get to know God the Father in a deeper way and that your faith in him will produce a strength and a stability in your life and in your family. Today we're going to explore a question that we find in John chapter 14 in verse 9 and it's a question that Jesus asks his disciples just hours before he's arrested and goes to the cross and although Philip was the one who asked the question I'm pretty sure he was voicing the same concern that the other disciples had. And I, I think it's also a question he's asking us too. And here's the question, John chapter 14, verse nine, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? This question comes in the middle of a dialogue where Jesus is talking about the Father. Everything that Jesus did and all that he went through had one primary purpose, that he would represent the Father so that we might enter into a relationship with the Father. Now I want you to think about the idea of a father or fatherhood. Um, what comes to your mind when you think of, of that word father? I'm just going to ask you a couple personal questions. You don't need to answer them out loud. But in your head, do you know your father? Was he a good father? Did he leave you when you were young? Did he have a drinking problem? Was he physically present or emotionally absent? I found that sometimes our experience of our father can actually affect the way we maybe see God the father. And speaking of fathers, 
I found this statement about fatherlessness in the United States astonishing. Listen to what the Gallup poll says. According to Gallup, 72% of Americans believe that fatherlessness is our biggest social problem. The absence of a father leaves young men angry, struggling with questions about their identity and ill-prepared for life. Where there is significant fatherlessness, there is significant poverty, leading to lower academic achievement, increased dropout rates, gang involvement, and subsequent incarceration, while perpetuating the cycle of fatherlessness. And some of the other statistics that I want to share with you that I'm not going to put on the screen, um, a survey that they did said that 85% of all young people that are sitting in prison right now grew up in a fatherless home. Fatherlessness breeds violence. A lot of the homeless and one runaway children come from fatherless homes. And the number of suicides increases when the home is father, fatherless. Fathers play a really important role in our lives in terms of pro providing a feeling of security, both physical and emotional. Children want, their f want to make their fathers proud, and studies show that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly affects the child's cognitive and social development. It also instills an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. So what fathers bring to a, a child's life is stability, a sense of belonging and acceptance, and a sense of, ide of identity. Have you ever considered the possibility that in the, way, in the same way a fatherless or orphan child struggles in their sense of belonging, relating to others, and their identity, that a Christian who doesn't know the father may live without the benefits of knowing that they belong, that they're loved and accepted. It may affect the way that they see themselves and their sense of purpose and where they're going or, or their sense of identity. So I have a question for you. When you relate to God, who do you usually focus your attention on? The father? the Son or the Holy Spirit? Who do you feel most comfortable with? When I think about my journey of getting to know God, in the beginning of my relationship, most of my prayers and attention were focused on Jesus, the Son, my Savior. It wasn't until my early years in Mexico, actually, that I began the process of getting to know the Father and His deep love for me. Like it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Have you ever had the sense that the Father lavishes his love on you? Getting to know the Father and that he had a special place in his heart for me and all of his children as well as exploring the Holy Spirit's role in my life, revolutionized my relationship with God. In fact, um, before we jump into this por the portion of scripture that I have for you today, you know, Jesus had such an intimate relationship with the Father 
that everything he did was an act of love and obedience to the Father. I love what it says at the, at the end of this John chapter 14, which we're going to study today. It says, But I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Jesus, out of love and obedience to his Father, was willing to go through everything that he went through because he wanted the world to know that he loves his Father. Now let's jump into uh, John chapter 14, and we're going to explore um, verses 1 through 5 um, in this section, and then we'll go on all the way up to verse 14. But let's start 1 through 5. Here we go. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I not have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Verse 5. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Now, Jesus begins this, this section. It's actually four chapters. It starts in, in chapter 14, and it goes all the way through chapter 17. He pours out his heart to his, his, his disciples because he knows he's getting ready to be arrested and to go to the cross to die. And so he gives him strong words of encouragement and comfort. He understands that they're about to face some very difficult and confusing times. With his death on the cross, they're going to feel an array of emotions, from fear to terror, from sadness to confusion, and everything in between. I love how he starts this, this long dissertation. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And I think that this is a key that I really want to leave with you today. One of the ways that we can really um, walk in the fullness of what God has for us is by taking these words to heart, by not allowing the things in our lives, the circumstances, the things that we're facing to trouble us, but to tr really trust in God. And I love at the end of this chapter what Jesus says to his disciples in verse chapter 14 and verse 27. Listen to this. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now to me, I would say out of the rich inheritance that we receive as believers in Christ, as children of God the Father, this peace is one of the greatest gifts that we've received. It's a gift whose source is God himself. And I believe that um, this is part of our inheritance. And I want you to look at what Strong's Concordance actually um, says about this word. In the Hebrew language, it's the word they use, shalom. And even today, um, in modern times, when the Jews greet each other, they say shalom. And this, this word shalom has a much richer meaning than just peace. It has the idea of 
completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. And so really when, you, when, you, when Jesus says, I give you peace of mind and heart, he's not just saying, I give you peace. He's saying, I want you to be complete and whole. I want you to experience well-being. I want you to feel safe and protected. Um, and so this is such a beautiful word, the word shalom. And so I believe that God is inviting his church to live in a peace that doesn't come from the absence of strife, but it actually comes from the Prince of Peace ruling and reigning in our hearts. I love what it says in Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. And so as we receive this gift of peace into our hearts and into our lives, we are able to negotiate and navigate through whatever difficult thing comes our way. Next, he lets his disciples know that he's going to prepare a place for them in his father's house, and he promises to return to them. And I love later on in the chapter, in verse um, chapter 14 and verse 18, it says, No, I will not abandon you. As orphans, I will come to you. God does not want us to live like orphans. He doesn't want us to live like fatherless children who have no sense of purpose and identity. He's, he, he's coming to get us. And I love what it says in chapter 14 and verse 23. It says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Jesus's heart's desire is that he and the father could come and make his home with us, that we could live with him. And we don't have to wait until we die and go to heaven. But this is actually a benefit of being a child of God that today he, um, the father and Jesus can come and make their home with us so that we could experience the peace that he has for us. What an incredible promise that he wants us to be with him. <clears throat> now in verse six, Thomas expresses the confusion that I'm sure they were all experiencing. We don't know where you're going and we don't know how to get there, Jesus. Let's, let's read John chapter 14, verses six and seven. This is what it says. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would, have, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, the thing is, Jesus gives them a huge road sign. They're, they're confused. They're like, we don't know the way. Where are you going? How are we supposed to know? And Jesus gives this road sign. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the way to go through the Father is through Jesus. Jesus is our bridge to the Father. Jesus is the one who gives us access to the Father. 
Now, many people, when they use this particular scripture, they talk about going to heaven, that Jesus is the way to heaven. And yeah, there is some truth to that. But really, what Jesus is talking about here is knowing the Father. And so um, I love the prayer that Jesus prays in John chapter 17. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God or God the Father and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. True eternal life comes from knowing God. It comes from knowing the Father. Yes, there is the idea of eternity in heaven, but eternal life has to do with really knowing God. It has to do with really knowing Jesus Christ, whom the Father sent. Let's look at verse 8. Now we're actually going to get into the question that we asked today. Let's look at John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 8 through 11. It says, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And here's the question of the day. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And the words that I speak are not my own. But the Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. There is such a unity and an intimacy between the Father and the Son that literally all that Jesus did and all that he said was a display of the Father through the Son. Jesus was the visual representation of the Father's love. Is it possible that the Father has been working in your life from the moment he knit you together in your mother's womb and up to this very moment, and you don't even really know him? Sometimes we live our lives completely unaware of how God is working and inviting us to know him and to spend time with him. Let's move on to chapter 14. We're going to um, finish up this section of scripture um, from verses 12 to 14. And it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it. So the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This is astounding to me. Not only does Jesus promise to give us peace that will sustain us no matter what we go through, but he invites us into a deep relationship with the Father. Then he makes a bold statement that if we believe in him, not only will we do the same works that he did, but that we will do even greater works. How come? Because he's going to the Father. He's leaving the disciples and he's going to the Father. And it doesn't talk about it in this section yet, but actually what happens is that when Jesus goes to the Father, 
he sends the Holy Spirit back to his disciples to help empower them to do these greater works. Finally, so not only peace and an intimate relationship with God and doing greater works than he's done, but he promises to answer our prayers. And he says it not just once, but twice. And usually when the Bible repeats itself, it's because it wants to bring emphasis to that. And so here's the thing. As we spend time in the Father's presence, getting to know his heart, we begin to pray prayers inspired by his Holy Spirit, which Jesus promises will be answered. He will do it. And that is, a, is an amazing promise that God gives us. I'm so glad that you've joined us this morning. And what I'd like to do right now is if you have never received Jesus into, into your heart, I want to pray a special prayer with you right now that you could invite Jesus into your heart because he is the way to the Father. And then afterwards, I'm going to do a separate prayer for those of you who would like to really begin or really grow deeper in your relationship with the Father. But first, I'm going to start with this prayer. So if you would like to receive Jesus in your heart, repeat after me. Lord, forgive me for living my life without you. Today, I choose to invite you into my heart. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven of all my sins. You rose again so that I could have eternal life. You did all this so that I could know the Father. Please fill my heart with your love. Amen. And I want to do one more prayer for those of you who have kind of in, in the course of this service have started to ask yourself, maybe I don't know the father or maybe my image of the father is more like my earthly father. And I've actually superimposed my earthly father's face on the heavenly father's face. But actually, Jesus came to show us exactly who the father is. He is the exact representation of the Father. And so if you would like to go deeper in your relationship and getting to know the Father, would you join me in a prayer that goes like this? Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Through his beautiful life, I can see your love, your truth, your grace, your mercy and forgiveness on display. Father, I want to know you and your great love for me. Thank you for loving me so much that you were willing to sacrifice your son's life. As your son or daughter, I desire to be filled with your love and give it away. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. God bless you. God loves you. And so do we.